Hello and welcome again to the famous TFC podcast where each episode offers a deep dive into the wonderful history of Chelsea Football Club. My name is Gary Barone and I'm joined as ever by club historian Rick Glenville. Hi Rick. Hello mate, how are you? I'm very well. Now Rick, I know that this episode is closer to your heart than some because we're interviewing the Chelsea legend whose autobiography you ghosted. Mm-hmm. will become the Blues' first black first team player in April 1982. And his book, Black and Blue, How Racism, Drugs and Cancer Almost Destroyed Me, is now 15 years old. It actually went on, it actually went on to win Sports Book of the Year in 2009. Yeah. And I know that you kept in touch with Paul and he's turned his life around since then. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, fingers crossed, uh, the book we wrote, Black and Blue, might be receiving a whole new lease of life in schools. We might hear about that. Uh, when Paul's talking, which will be absolutely amazing. Um, I love Paul and his positivity in the face of sometimes terrible circumstances. Um, Not least, shamefully, being uh, abused by Chelsea supporters week in, week out. It sticks in your throat even saying that. While he realised his childhood dream to be a professional footballer, something so many youngsters have. Um, But he stuck at it. He overcame them, and gradually the majority of proper fans prevailed. So his name was sung rather than jeered, and he earned the title King Canners. His name on Twitter, of course. Yeah, I mean, for me, the um, the Paul Cannaville story, as detailed in the book, and then again listening to this interview, is something that I find very, well, it's, it's uplifting. It's something that I feel close to, because having seen all his Chelsea career, having been on the terraces where some of the bad things happen and been on the terraces when you, you could actually see him winning the fans around mm-hmm. and being in the ground when on that memorable occasion when he was paraded back at Stamford Bridge, which yes. is one of the highlights of my time supporting Chelsea. Yeah. So I think this is a really good listen, and I'm sure listeners are going to enjoy it. And it also has the timelessness of being recorded just before the Deli Alley story broke. Yeah. Anyway. Here's Paul Cannaville on 15 Years of Black and Blue. We'll be back with more Chelsea history after this short break. Bird dogs make you look good. That's right, bird dogs' stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restrictive cotton. Bird dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So look, I've got a pair. Dan's got a pair. Nick's got a pair. We actually love them. But not only do you get bird dogs right now, if you buy, you get a free tumbler. That's right. You get a free Yeti tumbler. All you have to do is go to birddogs.com forward slash pool, P-O-O-L. Enter the promo code P-O-O-L for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com forward slash pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. So, Paul, welcome to our podcast, The Famous CFC, one of the legends of Chelsea Football Club and a great pal of mine. And I just wanted to remind you that it's 15 years since we did this book, Black and Blue. What do you think? You know what? It's a good thing you reminded me. um, Don't get me wrong, everybody mentions the black and blue um, and says "Great, what a great read is and so forth. But I, I never realised it was been that that long. So um, <laughs> to be honest, I give you thanks because um, I would never have thought about doing a documentary um, regarding myself. But you asked, and you know what? <laughs> First of all, getting the permission <laughs> from my mum. <laughs> you know how that went. You know what I mean? So, and I didn't even ask her, so it had to be my sister to ask permission for me. How important was June in the whole story? She's unsung yeah. hero of Black and Blue, really. Still my hero um, to mm-hmm. this day. Um, she keeps me grounded, most definitely. Um, reason why she's involved brilliant in my woman. foundation as well. Yeah, yeah June. Brilliant, brilliant woman. Um, yeah, I've got some sad news to say to you that the place that we first met, where you and I first sat down to discuss this, the Black and Blue project, Mm. Uh, banners in Crouch End. He's closing in September. It's closing permanently. Oh, is he? Seriously? <laughs> so, what are they doing? Is it just no, Juliet Banner, who was running it then and is still yeah. running it now, is just. I think she's just had enough and uh, just wants to retire. Really, 
Oh, what a shame. But I might it's ask nice if you put a blue plaque outside, Canners. Yeah. Well, <laughs> nice area. It was nice. I love the area, don't get me wrong, and where she was. So it was lovely because I lived that, not too far at that time at the back. So, um, yeah. Well, let's go back to 15, well, it was 17 years that we first met, I right. think. And I'd been trying to track you down and I'd heard that you, uh, you know, I mean, you know, it's well documented. It's in the book that you'd been in a halfway mm. house and I'd knew someone that had met you there and you denied who you were because of you were you were in a bad place and you didn't want Chelsea fans to know that you were in a halfway house in mm. rehab, uh, in other words, yeah, or coming out of rehab um, for, uh, uh, you know, your, your dependence and you'd had cancer as well, mm. twice, both these things. All this is in the book. It's an incredible read and you're so totally honest about mistakes you made, uh, you know, the the joy that you also had and the ups and downs of your life and the, the torment mm. and your, but overall your stoicism, how you endured because you, you have this inner strength that means that you never get knocked down or if you do, you get up again. So talk, what was it when we first met, how was your life 17 years ago? What, what was going on in your life? It was quite a lot of things. Um, as you said, uh, was in denial. I am. I didn't want anybody to know what was going on with me in regard to my addiction. Um, having to seek help that was hard for me mm. because everybody that around me that loved me wanted to help, but it had to be me myself that wanted to help Mr. Paul, Mr. Cannibal, and that came about because of the hurt I was doing for my kids mm. um, and the family. Yeah. Um, you had to realise that I wasn't the same person that they used to, you know what I mean, meet mm. and laugh with and so forth. It totally changes the, the drugs. And it's something that I wanted to change. And that's the reason why I went and into rehab. Mm -hmm. um, and the best thing I could have ever done to help myself, in other words, in my health. Um, there's a lot of things that was going when I say... Um, my mental health well-being, mm. most definitely depression. Because all this, you, you're in denial. You think there's nothing wrong with you. Um, mm. And when I hear a lot about it now today, I really do understand it. I think people need to understand it's, it's, it is an illness. Don't get me wrong. Um, and it is about you sorting this out yourself. Nobody else can do this. You have to. Um, and I'm so glad that I did um, to this day where I am. You know, what I mean, I still go to A and A meetings just to share my story, um, which is great. It's it's like when we done the book, it it helped me because it was therapeutic um, ways that I was able to share. Because at that time before, I wasn't able to open a tour about anything. I wasn't able to talk to them, but going to rehab, talking to a counsellor helped that great deal um, where, you know, me and my um, foundation now where I go into classes, I'm doing union meetings, 500 people, I've never I thought I'd be doing that. But, um, you yeah. Do your foundation, you and your foundation do brilliant work and we're going to hopefully yeah. talk a little bit later about some of the big plans that you've got coming up, which are really exciting. But obviously just this morning uh, we've seen the, Delhi Ali story come up wow. and um you know it's a harrowing read in the interview but mm. you know he had an abusive and troubled childhood uh he grew addicted to sleeping tablets that he was given by the the club uh and he's just left rehab to resume his career and how far do you see parallels there with your own story when you hear something like that you think oh my god this guy had all that kind of emotions infections that nobody on the outside would have realised that until he had the strength now to share that. And when you share that now and people hear that, think, oh, my gosh. You know what I mean? When you see people, you think, oh, nothing's wrong with them. That's the whole thing. This is what mental health does, well-being. It just shares because we just think, hi, everything's all right. Yeah, great. But inside, there's a lot going on. And 
I said that I said to you, big up to um, Delhi for actually coming out because I'm, I'm sure that rehab helped in yeah. other ways for him to share that and open up because that was such a strong interview. I mean, mm-hmm. I can imagine I really could definitely share with what he was going through and, and what he shared with the public, most definitely. I hope people take note of that and those who are suffering out there can, you know what I mean, help them go back and see the help they need, most definitely. Definitely. Uh, so how, for you, you came, you, you went through rehab, your counselling, and then, mm-hmm. you know, we we did the book and I think hopefully you you realised some of the achievements that you'd made when you look back on your career there um, and it gave you some inner strength to draw on. But how has your life changed in the 15 years since the book was published? What was it well, like then and what's it like now? You know what, because I was really just starting. It was like I was starting a life because I'm, I was a TA, teacher assistant at a primary school at a time when the book was finished. But I thought that was it until we went to the awards. And, and obviously that award took place. I thought, oh, well, how they seated us right at the back, like, well, there's nothing happening in there. Because, of course, yeah. Black and Blue won, just to explain to the listeners, yeah. Black and Blue won Sports Book of the Year in 2009. And we had a brilliant publisher, David Wilson, if you remember. Yes. Yeah. And we sort yeah. of went there thinking, ah, it's not going to win. Yeah, <laughs> we just back. drink the champagne free. You know, what I mean, why not? A little bit too much, maybe, Callis. Maybe right, rightly so. But you know, I mean, I think we had our reasons. Um, but until but do you remember what I said like, to you in the yeah. tables? Yeah, it was I do because everybody in the tables were looking at us. So we would always me and you, three of us, were doing a discussion. Yeah. And then while well, I say must have been reading the, the awards, I didn't hear the results of it, and everybody started pointing at us. You've won. What are you talking about? You've won. And, we're, and me and Rick was like, oh, shit. I, I ain't got no. <laughs> well, did we you do, remember what I said to you about half an hour earlier? You know, you really ought to prepare a script. I said, look, script, chances are we're not going to win, but you should speak, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. You should write a speech. Um, and I was thinking, what speech? You have to love this. Is, I was not prepared. I was really. Um, until it, it came into motion, like, oh, my God, I've got to say something now. So at that time, Rick said, look, tell him you've got this. I've got so many kids. Yes. And it, by the time I read out all my kids' names, it'd be too long. I was like, oh, my God, ideal. Ideal. And you can imagine how I was. It got a laugh, that, Callis. Yeah, all the way up there thinking, yeah, exactly, exactly what I should say. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it did. It certainly did. I think everybody at the end came back to and said that was the best speech ever from out the whole night everybody was giving their speeches they were direct. not no disrespectful but Derek Dragonall want to thank this want to thank that want to thank that but I just said it straight um <laughs> said oh my gosh how am I going to um explain this to mum she think I nicked this award everybody started laughing yeah. like yeah we've done it we've done it Rick. and it was such an achievement that for me I, I didn't expect that I don't know how you expect that, Rick, but I, I certainly didn't. It's the best thing I've ever written, Candace. Cheers. It's the best thing I've ever... It's my favourite book that I've written. But you know what, Rick, because I said to you when, you, when you asked me and I said, Rick, man, the only way this is going to work, I said, you've got to... As I say, you need to write exactly. it. I can't have it any other way. Exactly. You know what I mean? It just needs to come out exactly how I said it. And I think that's really why people appreciate it. Mm-hmm. As such, mm-hmm. it will Rick, don't get me wrong, as such, and great help from you. Um, because every time I mean, you tell me, All right, can you gave me a dictaphone? I said, Hell no, you tell me if you remember anything. Just I said, No, Rick, when you come is when I remember. I'm not going to no dictaphone, did you? Oh, yeah, and no, it ain't gonna work. So, um, I can remember like three hours, yeah, you would do that. Can I save it for the next? I said, Save it for the next. <laughs> and that's how we was going on, isn't it? Um, well, I, I would, I'd go back and listen to it, transcribe it, and then think, right. oh, I got, you know, because you would say things like, oh, and then, um, you know, I played really well at Arsenal for the reserves or something, and we won two, because you had quite good recall of, like, in matches, yeah. results and things. So, But you didn't, you hadn't 
put them in a chronological order. You didn't quite know mm. when they fitted into your life. So right. one of the big tasks that we had was trying to work out your, the chronology of it. And when incidents that were happening in your private life, like bus stops mm-hmm. with your stepfather or mm. you know, you having to live in a car for a while, we were trying to w- yeah. pick out when exactly yeah. those yeah. happened. Yeah. And I think when you signed for Chelsea, you were homeless, weren't you? I yeah. Um, see, there's so much things that happened throughout that. And I do remember, remember them, but I just not remember the dates of them. I remember exactly. that time just signing with Chelsea and coming back from a game that Saturday, which Chelsea observed. I had a great feeling, had a great game. And, you know what I mean? Just, Obviously, at the time, um, my mum's ex-husband um, had an argument with me because I was living in his house. And some argument that went out of bounds was like, look, enough is enough. I didn't like him, no disrespect. Mm. But um, I said enough was enough. And kind of he was threatening to me and I was threatening to him that he told me to get out. And that's when I came out of the house, not realising, you know what? I ain't got nowhere to go. Yeah. Um, and I was walking around the street. I mean, I think my mum was working that day. So when she came home, she thought I'd left. She didn't know the situation, what happened with um, me and the husband. Mm-hmm. So, um, she didn't know about the bus stop because she wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, she didn't there. So she thought, you know what I mean, I'd left and that was it. But like, two, two, I just connected with my sister who then pregnant, I think with her first child. Um and she was living in my mother's home and but they weren't allowed any mail, you know what I mean, visitors. So I was sneaking in the window and I had to get up early just to sneak back out just to go back on the road. It's like, yeah. That's just one of the incredible stories that you, yeah. you reveal about your life and how in in your ingenuity really. In that time. That you just coped really. I think that's really why I understand with what's happening now in society with our homeless and the situation they are in at this very moment because it's a difficult one when you don't know when the next food is to come. You don't know what weather to expect. Mm. Um, you, people out there got to understand, man. That's, mm. that's a difficult one for homeless. I'm not saying everybody puts themselves in that situation. You know what I mean? But it seriously is a valuable one. Um, mm. Yeah, it's just that okay. I think I've asked you this before, but I am intrigued. You mentioned your mum there, and, and I know she found out some things that she didn't know when she read the book. Well, what kind of feedback did you get from family and friends who read the book? You know, did everyone approve of you bearing your soul like you did? Or Funny. You know what? I was really scared. Not scared. I was embarrassed, I suppose, because I was sharing something about my childhood. And I didn't know if it would go down well with the family. But mum, those those same books you sent her, or the um, publisher sent her, I think yeah. 12 of them, she had posted them out to the family already. I was like, oh, <laughs> my God, down from the Caribbean, everybody. I was like, mum. And I'm thinking, oh, when I go and visit now, the, I'm expecting the looks and so forth. But you know what? Um, it was accepted. Um, and they've... Obviously, it was best to read than hear it for myself to what was going on, um, the difficulties. And don't get me wrong, not just with myself, with mum. You know what I mean? Because, of course, they, I interviewed your mum as well. Yeah, she, so, she shared a lot. Mm. Even her to share with you that, you know what I mean? Trust me, mum's not a person to share her business like that. Um, so, yeah, I think it obviously helped her as well as me um, that, we kind of obviously now have that bond where we can talk and relate. Um, and before that time, we didn't. But yes, um, we share a lot now. A lot what more. did June say when she read it? Ah, oh, June loved it. Don't get me wrong. She, it kind of flows back, doesn't it? Because things you've forgotten, and then when you read it, say, oh my God, oh yeah, I remember that. And you know what I mean? It was like, yeah, June, do you remember? Oh my gosh. You really told him everything, didn't you? I said, yeah, I did, didn't I? <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's funny, you know, Rick, because it was like shared with you and you put it down on paper, black and white, and in the book. You know, I never read it. 
I never, have never read it since. I am not lying to you. Everybody asks me, Paul, are you joking? Have you never? Well, no, because I know what I told me. So I <laughs> know what to expect. But I should, I keep telling myself, I should read it and go over it again because I've obviously used it um, with workshops and schools yeah. and so forth. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? And it does help to obviously go over things again and so forth. Yeah, there won't be any surprises in it for you. <laughs> no, no, no. Definitely it's not when I, when I look at that. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. As I said, it's very therapeutic for me going over things and such. Well, a crucial passage in the book. Um, was the was your teammate David Speedy abusing mm-hmm. and attacking you? But quite recently, um, at the eighty three eighty four mm. season reunion celebration, you were publicly reconciled with him. Um, how did that come about? And now that the dust has settled, what do you feel about that moment? And you know what, a, a grudge that needed to be sorted, and it should have been sorted a long time, um, wasn't given that chance. I don't know how he felt about that time. But meeting him, you know what I mean? I was kind of emotional um, because it was a reunion, a three, a four reunion, um, trash reunion with the players, that as soon as he came in the door, um, I said, yeah, Dave, let's go. And took him next to into a door, into a room where the both of us and his agent was there, came along as well. I said, look, Dave, this has gone far too long. Um, I've always respected you as a player and you were my teammate. I ain't going to lie to you what you did and what you said. It hurt me. Um, but you're part of Chelsea and you should be here. Don't you know what I mean? So you being away and such for this length of time is ridiculous. Um, and me going, you know what, Paul, I'm so sorry you apologised. And wow. that's all I expected and wanted from, you know what I mean, David, um, at that time. So um, for that, it was just, yeah, it was good to catch up with everybody. And I mean, everybody back in the day from that 8384 season. That's um, amazing. You know what I mean? It was. It was good. So hopefully it moved forward. You know what I mean? As I said, bygones be bygones that happen. It's what we're dealing with now um, with our club and with Chelsea um, and with racism. Don't get me wrong. So it's a case we just move on and, we, yeah, continue Brilliant. and be a friend. Of course, another change, quite a big change, is how a big part of Chelsea history you have become, uh, partly because of the book, but partly because of the work your foundation does and all the, your own work. We're going into schools and things, you know, Britain's, oh, sorry, Chelsea's first black first team player. Um, and that the how prominent that now is in Chelsea history. And you've got a suite that was named after you. Uh, so your name is properly woven into the tapestry of Chelsea Football Club history. You know, I'm really happy about that. The suite because it shows all I went through, um, and to be recognised and celebrated in a positive way. Don't get me wrong. Um, it, well, I hope it adds to my legacy. Uh, others oh, yeah. after me will will recognise that as it pays off um, in the end. However, the, it does hurt. It remains, so don't get me wrong, but I keep the balance and use this to teach others. Um, it is an example um, of what you can achieve, don't get me wrong, even in such a way. But um, having that sweet just reminds me that, yeah, I was a, I'm a part of Chelsea at this moment. So enjoy when I'm, you know, do the hospitalities um, on a match day. And it's nice to go into my suite and and people to see, hold on, is that Paul Cannibal? Yes, he is. You know, I mean, have a sit down, have a photo and so forth. So, yeah, definitely enjoying that. Time, your state, so. You're underselling your status, Paul, because uh, I think you, I know that you were invited to meet some of the candidates uh, to take over Chelsea Football Club from Roman uh, Abramovich. So, you know, you're an important, a key person that they wanted to chat with that was really funny because when you got that phone call and at that, that, that time like bruce buck um that some candidates wanted to meet me i was like whoa, whoa, whoa why would you meet me you know what i mean he's the guys who were interested in buying the club what is it about me <laughs> but it was good to hear what they had in notion what they had in mind 
um, for the club. And I think it would, you know what I mean, it benefited for the club and players as well as the fans, most of the fans as well, to understand what it is and the changes that was going about to come about. Obviously, don't get me wrong, everybody loves Mr. Abranovich. We loved him for what he'd done for the club. Um, and he showed that so much love um, that you had to uh, be concerned of who was the next um, man or chairman to come in and what he saw about the club, what he was about to do for the club, um, how important it was as well. So um, I think we're, yeah, we're getting there, most definitely. I think um, with the new manager, most definitely, um, I think, which is an approval on most of the fans, I hope. Um, as I said before, I'm looking forward to yeah, the season and don't well, get me wrong. You mentioned Pochettino and obviously he's a hard taskmaster. We're in oh. pre-season. Were you one of these players who liked the pre-season, the, you know, the doggies and all that stuff? Or were you, did you excel in that? Or was it something you thought, oh, God, not, I'm not looking forward to this? I, I, for me, I look forward to the season because that season was to get me ready. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they've done them wrong, what we were doing back then, that our time, and yeah, the sand dudes, the doggy, man, yeah. yeah, if I wasn't ready, then I wasn't ready for the season. So, you know what I mean? That break that you have, don't get me wrong, as much as you don't want to let yourself loose that much, you do, you know what I mean? The food you eat, the drink you drink, as such, yeah, the weight you put on, it needs to come off. So that certain training that we had to do helped you know what I mean? And mobile, playing with the ball and so forth. It prepared. That's what it does. It prepares you. So if this man is a serious, it's ideal. I definitely would love to, you know what I mean? I'd be, if I had the opportunity to train for him, yeah, with most definitely I would enjoy it. Yeah. And one thing I wanted to ask you about is um, the a sort of a new lease of life for black and blue potentially in schools. Are you able to talk about that? You know, is it... Yeah. Uh, um, we're looking at so much now because um, I've got to give thanks to um, the Raphael foundation, my team, yeah, because mm. they've made this happen. And now that we're dealing with schools, that the book itself can be used as a program. And wow. this is discussed. I'm, don't get me wrong, I don't want to go too far from this no. until, it's, until it's been stamped. But to understand it, I was like, oh, my God, my book. So the students used. would study this in real detail, wouldn't they? In real detail and come back with their conclusion. And hopefully that I can share like we're doing on the Zoom to them as well. And I look, oh, my God, I never before, you know, I'm thinking anything like that happening with black and blue. So something like that, don't get me wrong, I still love, I enjoy going to schools talking. I, mean, I share so much where um, you're obviously picking up the about the pilot we did in regards at Chelsea Football Club, because who now Chelsea Foundation are supporting um, Full Cannibal Foundation, that I, the school education now, want to talk about, I think they want those students of age to talk about the highs and lows and addictions. And I thought, oh, and obviously thought about me. Um, and don't get me wrong, it was kind of, couple of weeks ago it was very sensitive for me very because I was now talking about my addiction where I'd never talked to the kids before and you have to obviously choose your words you know what I mean and such but it I enjoyed it so much it was great the kids were so unbelievable the questions they were coming they they certainly did their homework um <laughs> that I think we had the authorities that were there from the Westminster, Chelsea and Hammersmith that were there. Yeah, it's Westminster schools, isn't it? I think the initiative yeah, the programme study. Yeah. Was, yeah, they were definitely impressed. So, um, Brilliant. Yeah, I think the second one's about to come again in December. So, um, yeah, I've looked forward to that. Well, let's hope that gets expanded because I, I hope that that's... Yeah. Because that would mean a generation of West London kids studying the book and... Yes, tackling all of these the issues that we that we put in the book, 
your life mm. story. Police mm. harassment, racism, addiction, mental ill health, homelessness. Yes. Yeah. All these kind of life decisions, all these kinds of things. And these issues are still so prevalent. And I mean, could you, people could be forgiven for thinking that life hasn't changed at all, really, since in 30 or 40 years, since you were going through all these things. You, you said it as it is, just like it is, because we put it down there. And to know it's still in society, it's still seen. You know what I mean? And that's 15 years. How many years we're talking about? And I'm talking it back even further. Yeah. And we're still seeing it. That's to show you what's happening. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it needs to be discussed. And they think it's only just about come about just now. It, it hasn't come about. This has been going on for a long time. So, yeah, um, it, uh, Black and Blue has opened the doors a lot for me. I'm getting me wrong, even when the book won that um, Best Sports Book of the Year, I was invited abroad, America, Helsinki. It was mad. Germany. Oh, can, can you imagine I'm talking in Germany? And I'm talking with something of a, that was funny, and I had a translator. So there was a pause. When the translator finished, then they lost. <laughs> it was like, can you imagine? <laughs> I was like, da, 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 ha, ha. And they went, ha, 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 ha. It was so funny. Trust me. Uh, that's to show you how far Black and, Black and Blue has come. Um, it's been a roller coaster but, um, since then, hasn't it? It's been fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And how are you now? How how are you in your health? Oh, and... man. You know what? Um, I'm I'm pretty good at this moment. I say that. Um, ill health, don't get me wrong, as you know, a couple of years ago, it was a serious, serious illness I had that, yeah, um, doctors Well, don't underplay it, Paul. This is what you do. <laughs> you were in a coma. You know? Oh, man. You know what? It's like, I share it, and it's quite... To share it as it happened, yes, I explained in detail how I felt. It was like um, even in the coma, and I got to say, it's like you're in another dimension. And when I say that, because you're awake, but I'm somewhere else, and and I mean like it's a dream, but this is like life. And in your ears, I'm hearing uh, somebody call me, Paul, Paul. Do you know where you are? And I'm hearing it. And I'm hearing saying, hell, of course I know where I am. I'm, I'm in the Caribbean. Look <laughs> at you. You know what I mean? And this is Not the nurse. West London that Hospital. Was, <laughs> yeah, it's talking to me in the hospital. Bruv, I'm telling you, I, oh, man, that's so much. But you did now. Yeah, it you took, yeah, don't get me wrong. I, I, I know now about my strengths. I know when I need to rest, I do rest and so forth. And as I said, I love, enjoy going into the A&A meetings still and sharing with those who have who are going through their troubles right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? If I can't explain and share what what's happening with me and my addiction and what I do now, you know what I mean? As I said, as I said before, I say it, it's therapeutic for me. So um, I hope yeah, it does well, help. Can it? Yeah. Let's hope over the next 15 years, this book is going to take you into an even... Bigger dimension, well, a better so. dimension. You know, don't get me wrong. You know what I mean. For people to know, um, it doesn't go back. Charity definitely. Goes, you know, if you see the Paul Canova Foundation. Please get in touch um, because we've got a shop that's selling shirts and so Brilliant forth. Brilliant t-shirts, yeah. For the funding, it's to fund the charity for for me to go out and talk to those schools. You'll get us on www.paulcanovafoundation dot co dot uk we're put that up paul and we're going to put your Definitely. twitter up and everything like that so yeah it's so great to catch up with you so lovely to see you mate and you know you're looking great yeah. so uh appreciate all strength it. to you and keep in touch see you soon yeah thanks a lot rick be good Cheers, mate. bye-bye man bye I just thought that was fantastic, Rick, and I'm absolutely certain a lot of people are going to be moved with some of the things they heard there. Um, the, the fact that he's still standing, the fact that he can come and communicate with us and also talk about the way he's influencing young people, maybe who have had troubles and maybe people who he can put on a different path. Totally. I thought it was an absolute pleasure to listen. So great interview, Rick. Well done. I loved it. I really did. And it, it's great to hear... Uh, it's great to put on record how what a fantastic human being his sister June Cannaval is. Yeah. 
because he wouldn't be here without her. And uh, and also to, uh, you know, to catalogue how important he is to the to the heritage of, of our club and how vital it is that if he goes into schools and he conveys his particular, you know, he has a particular brand of optimism, Canners, <laughs> and if he can convey that to youngsters who are possibly embarking down the wrong fork of the road. You know that Isley Brothers song, Highways of My Life? And, Classic. you know, you never know which way you're going to go with you you've taken the right turn or canners can it keep you to the right so um you know uh, look i'm not proud but occasionally i read reviews of the book that we wrote and uh one from last year on uh, the amazon website really struck for me recently it said without canners we wouldn't have won the fa cup in 97 because if we didn't if Canners didn't play in 82, Hullet wouldn't have signed in 1995, and there's a lot of truth in that. He paved the way for all players of colour who came after him. God bless this legend. Yeah, amen to that. Fantastic. Now, you've been listening, and I hope you've enjoyed the famous CFC with me, Gary Barone, and him, Rick Glanville. Now, if you like the show, please subscribe and spread the word. We'll be back soon with a whole load more tales from Chelsea's history. Come on, you blues. All right, it's producer Jake here. I'm back to interrupt another outro because we have another stop on the London is Blue USA summer tour, and that's ATL, home of Ludacris, home of Outcast, home of the Braves. Um, so, yeah, we got to get to it. This was an incredible podcast, by the way. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. I know I did. I cried a little bit. I laughed a little bit. Paul is one of the most inspirational people in the world, let alone the Chelsea Sphere. It's such a great example of how you can turn your life around and help others, even in the most dire times. So talk to people, never give up on yourself, never give up on others, check in on people, just just be a good person, man. And, and Paul embodies that. So thank you so much to Paul for being on the show. Thanks to Rick and Gary for producing another great pod. I love these ones so much. I hope you guys do too. Anyways, after a quick advertisement break, you know how it is. We got to do it. Thank you so much to them, our sponsors. Uh, we're back with Nick. All right. Welcome back uh, to another edition of our summer series tour around uh, that we're doing with each individual chapter on our four-stop tour uh, for, for the summer tour coming up next week and the following week. Uh, final group. Although, you know, not not meant to be this way, but but we finally got it nailed uh, with some details. Uh, we'll be in Atlanta, and I'm joined by Will Snyder and Kyle Tutton of the Georgia Blues and the Atlanta Blues. And uh, guys, how are we doing? How are you guys feeling? Feeling great. Excellent. Wonderful day here in Atlanta. So happy to be here. Awesome. Well, look, we are very much looking forward uh, to coming to your city. I've been to Atlanta a number of times, so definitely a little more acclimated than I am with some of the other locations out there. But uh, just going to do some quick intros, help people get to know you, help people get to know your chapters and, and your supporters clubs and what you guys do. So, Kyle, start with you. Who are you and uh, which chapter do you run and kind of explain that scenario to us, please? Uh, yeah. Hi, uh, my name is Kyle. I am one of the club secretaries for the Atlanta Blues. Um, we uh, started in 2015, so this is uh, our ninth uh, year as, as a club. Um, we've been involved with a lot of different charities. We always try to find different things to do. So we've gone and helped uh, serve at the soup kitchen, uh, done canned food drives, um, a lot of different events. Uh, we are talking about possibly this year doing a uh, blue blood drive uh, is something that going on with us in terms of our different charities. Um, but yeah, that's that's the ATL Blues. And uh, yeah. Where, where do you guys typically gather? Uh, Fado Irish Pub is our home pub, uh, which you'll be hearing more about later as it'll be hosting uh, a number of the events. Um, yeah. Awesome. Wells, what about you and the Georgia Blues? Yeah, so uh, I am the head of the Georgia Blues. I have been involved since uh, about 2013 um, and kind of took over into the role I'm currently in around 2014. Uh, and we started 
unofficially prior to 2010, uh, but we're founded officially as a group in 2010, actually prior to me moving to Atlanta. Um, started at Brew House. We uh, ended up at Raw for many, many years in Midtown before that closed um, during the pandemic, kind of bounced around. And now uh, we're actually joining forces uh, with the Atlanta Blues at Fido. Um, so that will be our home pub uh, moving forward. And uh, we've been active in the community for a really long time with a charity that's been around since the mid-80s in Atlanta called Soccer in the Streets. Uh, they help underserved kids and do a really great job by using soccer as a tool uh, to help these kids get out of bad situations, have something to do after school, uh, hopefully make it through high school, get a job, or, or you know, even better yet, go to college, uh, get a scholarship, something like that. And and it feeds into itself. They always come back and referee and coach, you know, after they get old enough that they've gone through the program. So it's a really beautiful thing. Uh, we actually, um, I captain that team each year, and we brought home some silverware yes. this year. I, I have about. to say that that was in that was a that was a a rare uh, combination bid for the title with and you're going to be shocked by this but Real Madrid's team but that's okay it's all for a good cause so um, so yeah so it, it's a lot of fun uh, and that's pretty much what we do um, on the sort of the charity front um, but but yeah we we um, we just love watching Chelsea and and uh, looking forward to the tour this summer. Yeah, you guys were, were mentioning before we we jumped on Kyle that you know Atlanta's a big city, but it's it's cool that the the groups are kind of kind of finding a home together this year, right? Yeah, um, you know Atlanta's a big uh, city, as uh, Wells mentioned. The Georgia Blues were located at a pub that no longer exists that was in uh, downtown, um, and it just sort of started off as like you know difficult sometimes to get down there for a you know, seven thirty, nine o'clock kickoff on a Saturday. Um, so our original location that we were at was t- further out and more toward the n- northern suburbs. So it just kind of started out like that. Uh, as time and events have taken place, we've merged closer together. Uh, and that's one of the reasons that we've decided to like, just make it one big blue happy family again. Yeah, I mean, let, let's talk about um, all the events that are going to happen in Atlanta, right? Um, obviously, this is a midweek match on a, on a Wednesday, but uh, you know, I've I've been talking with Wells uh, for some time, and, and Kyle, uh, you more recently. It feels like Atlanta is going to be big. It feels like there's going to be a heck of a lot of people uh, coming from all all corners to Atlanta and and your big beautiful stadium that you guys got down there. Um, let, let's talk about the events and, and Kyle, I'm going to start with you for the Tuesday. Where should people show up? What's going to be happening? Kind of run through the I, itinerary for, for what's going on. So Tuesday at uh, Fado Irish pub, uh, the Buckhead location. So that's going to be two, seven, three Buckhead Avenue. That's the one you're going to look for. Uh, we will be hosting, uh, you guys with the London is blue podcast, we're going to be doing that. Uh, it's going to go live at uh, six o'clock. Um, you are welcome to start getting there at five. And then we are going to be hanging out with everybody who are members of Georgia Blues, Atlanta Blues, and anybody who is coming to our city is welcome to just kind of come hang out with all the Chelsea fans there at a fantastic location uh, in Buckhead, Atlanta. And just for for those who have signed up, who got the notification uh, we have been coordinating a lot on timing and what the club is going to do. And so the time we actually pushed back an hour to allow people to kind of make their way to the pub. We know that people work on a Tuesday and uh, not all of them are going to be taking half days like uh, myself and the rest of the boys. So, um, look, I, I, I just wanted to kind of call that out. It was supposed to be five we weren't sure if there was going to be a conflict with any sort of open training that is not happening anymore. So we pushed it back to six just to make it a little easier and a little bit more comfortable on the Tuesday. When does, uh, when does the pub close typically Kyle and will they be partying all night? Tell us. Uh, typically on a Tuesday, uh, Fido shuts down at 10 o'clock. Uh, it is my understanding as long as we are there and buying drinks and having a good time, they are very much willing to go late for us. And uh, and keep serving some of the best Guinness that you will find uh, all over the southeast. 
All right. That's what I'm talking about. So obviously live pod Tuesday, we're, we're super excited to do that and uh, are working on our special guests and, and such as we, as we go. Uh, Wells, I'm coming to you for all the events on match day. Now, uh, sure. if, if you're anything like me, you've taken the full day off on the Wednesday to enjoy I the festivities <laughs> and I'm proud of you, especially being a, a new dad, um, that you're, you're going to make the time for such an event, but, uh, <laughs> tell us what's going on on the Wednesday. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Wednesday, um, uh, what we're going to do as far as the official meetup is concerned is that things will start around four to four fifteen, and that will also be at Fido. Um, that is going to be with the actual club itself. So Chelsea, uh, who has been very gracious in the past actually came through Atlanta when they did the glorious tour of the champions league <laughs> trophy, uh, same folks, uh, wonderful folks over there on their marketing department are, are coming in and uh, they will be bringing a club legend. Uh, are we, are we making announcements? I mean, we let's, let's Should do this, I guess. Rip the bandaid off. Let's do it. All right. right let's do it. All right. So, so the club legend will be Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Um, so if you like goals in blue, then this is your sure. guy. And so uh, he will be there. Uh, mem- some members of the club will be there. They will have an MC who will be doing hosting again. That'll start around four four fifteen. Um, they'll do a Q and A. Uh, there will be some giveaways and things of that nature. If you uh, any certainly any folks in Atlanta or any, any of the other uh, cities where they visit for the previous tour, get ready for similar stuff to that. Where you're going to have a little bit of talking with the legend, and then you're going to have some giveaways. Um, you know, usually there's a signed jersey, things of that nature. Uh, that's what they'll do. And uh, then an opportunity to speak to the legend, get a photograph, things like that. That'll happen uh, right around six. Obviously, frivolity and beverages flowing freely will be happening throughout. And then around seven o'clock should be buses. There are going to be some buses to uh, get folks down to the stadium. Uh, And, you know, kickoff is going to be at 815. So uh, commute to the stadium, even in those buses, probably around 30 minutes tops. Uh, get people there in plenty of time to get settled. And yeah, really incredible venue. We're very excited to have everyone come down here to Atlanta. Now, now this will be my first time at, at the, at the Mercedes Benz stadium. What, what tips do you guys have for folks who are coming from out of town who don't necessarily know Atlanta or the uh, notorious traffic or, or anything like that? Are there any, any watch outs that either one of you would have for, for folks? You can go first, Kyle. <laughs> uh, don't go to Bankhead. <laughs> I yes. Bankhead bad. Buckhead good. So uh, stay yeah. stay out of uh, that area. Um, be wary if you get way too good of parking. Uh, they are really notorious about booting in Atlanta and very mm-hmm. uh, almost predatory on that. So yeah. if you feel like you got great <laughs> parking. Uh, then it's just like, uh, are you sure? Did you, you know, make sure you're going, if you're driving down to the stadium, uh, make sure that you're going into, uh, an area where somebody is actually out there that's official, uh, taking care of your money and you're not just handing it to some random guy. Um, but it's, it's usually pretty great around the stadium, uh, these days. And I imagine it'll be no different. Um, there's a lot of great places to eat in and around the city as well. But yeah, that my, that's my big warning is uh, stay out of Bankhead and mind where you park. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then for, for me, I'd say um, get ready to enjoy yourself inside the stadium. Um, don't, don't feel like you need to do something that you may have done in say New York or another place where things are overpriced once you get inside, or maybe you've recently gone to the Taylor Swift concert and you got gouged once you got in there. Don't worry about that because Arthur Blank has done a really remarkable job in the way that he has priced everything inside that building. It's very fair. Um, it's kind of in line with, uh, you know, how people talk about how the Masters is so incredible where you get inside and you think it's got to be this ritzy place and it's really not that expensive to get food or drink. Uh, yeah. Same deal um, inside Mercedes-Benz. Uh, other than that, um, if you're drinking, please Uber if you're not on yeah. one of these buses. Um, and then, and we have tons of Ubers, the lifts either or readily available. Um, and then other than that, uh, there are, if you do, if you are a driver, uh, you're coming from a hotel or whatever it is, you brought your car. Um, they do have like color designated decks 
around. So if you do a little bit of research beforehand, um, oftentimes you can find a better price on parking if that really matters to you. So yeah, I mean, those would be my basic tips on game day. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Well, let's, yeah. uh, let's get to the fun stuff. Uh, you know, Dan and I are foodies. We're, we love yeah. our food and we're excited to kind of explore the uh, cuisine of each of our four tour <laughs> stops as we come down. Uh, you each get three places. They can be off the beaten path places. They could be really famous places. I, I don't, I don't particularly care as long as they're good recommendations. Uh, three places that you would you would hope that people would go and experience uh, your finest cuisine, and I'll start with you, Kyle. Okay, uh, well, this doesn't count as one of the three, but I am going to plug uh, Fido Irish Pub. Uh, some of the best fish and chips in the entire city. It's absolutely amazing, and their Irish breakfast I've had many, many a time. They serve that all day. Uh, it's a standard part of watching a Chelsea match for me, yeah. uh, so I do recommend getting food there. It's fantastic. Um, three places. I'm going to give you a little rainbow of like different things. If you're looking for a great burger, Grindhouse Burgers, fantastic. You can't go wrong. It's going to be everything you want and just an amazing burger. Um, if you like tapas and you're looking like Spanish mm. wine kind of a vibe. Yeah. Barcelona Wine Bar. Barcelona Wine Bar, fantastic. There's a few different ones around town. There's one that's on the... Uh, in West Midtown, there's one in Inman Park as well. Both locations are amazing. You're going to have a great time. Really enjoy some great Spanish cheese and wine and lots of tapas. Wear your um, white Chelsea shirt just to pretend like you're oh, in yeah, the camp. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just to really get the whole vibe. Yep, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Do that. Um, and then I'll go, if you're looking for a really nice uh, cocktail program mm. and, and bar to go to, Establishment in Midtown has a really great cocktail program. Uh, it's in an area called Colony Square, and there's a number of other restaurants right around there that you can also bounce to that just have really uh, supreme cocktails. So if you're okay with paying like 15 to 20 bucks to have a an amazing drink, definitely highly recommend that. All right, so we got a burger, we got tapas, we got cocktails, we have the Irish breakfast, there's a lot going on. Wells, what are you adding on top of yeah. that great start? Yeah. I mean, I want to diversify, but I but I also want to offer, you know, alternatives that are in the same vein. So uh, burger, I would say also uh, consider Vortex. Uh, the, the Vortex is an Atlanta joint. Uh, there are two locations. One is in Midtown. The other is in Little Five Points. Um, uh, so you can just look those up depending on what area you're in. Um, and, and then just as a general recommendation for like a place you can go and you can find any place along there that's, that's worthwhile, the Beltline, the Beltline is a very cool spot in Atlanta where they've taken an old, uh, old, um, rail line and they've turned it into a biking and walking path. And it connects through, it's kind of this connective tissue through a bunch of different neighborhoods. And there are a lot of great spots to eat and drink along the way there. Nice. Um, you can't talk, and I know this could be a source. I know there's a lot of KC representation uh, on the pod, oh so boy. I don't, I don't, okay. I don't, I don't want to, you know, take shots. But we're very proud of our barbecue in the South. So um, I'm not taking shots at KC barbecue, but I will say that for our representation, uh, Fox Brothers is very good. Um, but that is just one of many, and you can just look up and find uh, lots of different spots for barbecue. Um, and then maybe going a little out there, if you're just feeling like you know, you've still got those, those Todd bully money bags and you just want to have like that top tier. You want that Moises Casado steak. Oh, then no. you're, you're, you're going to Marcel. Marcel Ooh, is, is yeah. top tier. Uh, it's on the West end. It's outstanding. Um, great drinks, uh, great cigar bar. Um, just a cool spot. And then Damn. a little bonus, a little bonus for me for cocktails. If you are a nerd like me and you like sci-fi and you like blade runner, there is a Blade Runner bar that is oh on the God. West End, and it is called Little Trouble, and it is really cool if you're into that kind of vibe. They have um, Asian fusion uh, little plates and really cool cocktails. They got to they gotta pay y'all to do tourism, man. That that's <laughs> all sounds amazing. If anybody wants any more advice of recommendations or specific yeah. things, uh, come to me. I will be at the pub Tuesday and Wednesday. I can give you a full uh, rundown. I'll give you one more bonus one. If you are a craft beer person mm -hmm. and you want to just taste a lot of different stuff, Brick Store Pub in Decatur. Yes. 
they have an entire room that's called the Belgian room dedicated to Belgian beers only. Um, but yeah, they, that's an excellent craft beer bar and another really cool area. Yeah. This is the wrong time to do a juice cleanse. I'm so fucking <laughs> hungry now. Um, look, uh, very excited about this. The God, the, the steakhouse sounds amazing. The bar. Okay. <laughs> I, I will try your barbecue. I will put, I'm going to put <laughs> okay. myself out. There. Hey, Tips, if you want to bring some of yours down and we'll, we'll compare. I'm fine I, with that. I will send you yeah. Joe's baby. There, there we go. Right. Um, <laughs> Look, final question here, fellas, uh, and, and I'll start with you, Wells. What do you hope people leave this experience with, right? Especially if they're maybe kind of joining you guys for the first time. Sure. Um, I just just having fun and, and really, um, you know, appreciating Atlanta, even in the hottest time of year. Um, <laughs> I know that can be difficult. I used to help run the tennis tournament that starts this week or next week. Um, and so I know what it's like to be, um, and, and to work with folks that are out to try and enjoy a sporting event when it's 9,000 degrees outside. But, um, to, you know, stay indoors, get that AC, hydrate even if you're drinking because it is going to be extra sweltering out there. But um, really just I, I want folks to have a memorable experience, really soak in uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Um, it, it's, it's a really one-of-a-kind uh, experience. I mean, I, I haven't had the privilege of going to Jerry world or, or the spaceship out in LA, but I mean, this is about the cutting edge as it gets in terms of stadiums worldwide. And so it's really special. Um, and I really don't know that there's a bad seat in the house in my opinion. So I think you have a good time no matter where you sit. Kyle. Uh, tough to follow that. Um, really, uh, one looking forward to everybody coming together, having a great time and just like celebrating it. Um, another interesting aspect about this particular stop uh, for the Atlanta fans is that we are playing Newcastle uh, and seeing Miguel Almiron kind of make a homecoming of sorts. Uh, there will be a lot of people and a lot of uh, folks, you know, cheering and supporting him. So that's going to be really, really neat and, and special for someone who's also an Atlanta United fan. But uh, getting to see this team come together, uh, the new pieces, the new system, and I, I really look forward to that. And I hope everybody um, comes away from this experience who visits is that Atlanta is a big transplant city where people have moved here from all over. And because of that, we sort of get a reputation as being a bad sports town at times. And I would just love to dispel that. I want people to come have a great time, enjoy being here seeing what a wonderful city it is and what a great sports culture and uh, soccer football culture that we've built here in the city. And, uh, and that's just what I would love people to, to take away from the experience. Well, we're, we're, we're going to find out here pretty quick. We're only a couple of weeks out uh, from, from, uh, from game day. So Wells, Kyle, very excited to, uh, to see you guys in, in, well, I guess less than two weeks at this point. And we're, we're really on the countdown. Um, where can people find you guys on Twitter? How can they communicate with you before the event? Should they have questions? Wells? Go ahead, Kyle. Or me. Okay. Uh, yeah. So um, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, just search Georgia Blues. You'll find us that way. Uh, we are also on Instagram. We have a couple of Instagrams going, but the easiest way to get us is Facebook or Twitter. Um, and you can look at us uh, on Facebook. Just type in Georgia Blues and you'll find us. Um, we are, we're pretty good about responding to any requests. Um, you know, you can Facebook message us, you can send us a direct message via Twitter or just comment on something. We'll, we'll get back to you with information answers to any of your questions. So, um, that's pretty much it for us. Uh, and yeah, we're really looking forward to having everybody and thank you for having, having me on the pod tonight. Um, in a very similar sense, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Atlanta blues, uh, if you put you know punch that in to you'll you'll find us we'll pop up likewise we're very uh, good about getting back uh, if you want to reach out to me uh, personally on Instagram you're welcome to do that as well uh, it is not the fake underscore Kyle Tutton so <laughs> you can find me that way uh, as well if you'd like to reach out um, but yeah Atlanta Blues it, it's not it's not complicated <laughs> all right fellas we'll see you in a couple of weeks see ya all right thanks Nick. Have a good one. All right. That is the end of this episode for real now. We hope you enjoyed it all. Again, this is one of my favorites we've ever done. Uh, we'll see you Monday in terms of listening to the pod. And 
if you're coming to the tour. We'll see you in North Carolina for a fun day out against Ryan Reynolds Wrexham and Paul Mullins Wrexham. And uh, yeah, we'll hang out with Gary Cahill is going to be there. Um, it's going to be a fun day, man. Live pod. Hopefully we'll see you there. Anyways, until then or until next time, Monday, keep the blue flag flying high.